0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this theater. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next 90 seconds.
1: Greetings my friends and welcome to this week's episode of the Video Nasty Project. Tonight it's a special treat, a movie we've just been dying to bring to you. Tonight a movie that's banned in 41 countries, the most infamous of the video nasties. Tonight we're watching The Faces of Death.
0: For the first time in cinema history, the greatest fear of all mankind will be graphically exposed. Now, a motion picture dares to take you beyond the threshold of the living, where you may discover your own face of death. footage will expose one of the most repulsive forms of death. You will be witness as helpless creatures die by the butcher's hands. No! This film will introduce no! you to a world where the bizarre is not uncommon and the normal seems out of place. Thank mm-hmm. you. If you have never thought about death, it's time you started thinking. Faces of death, now a major motion picture.
1: Welcome back to us watching Faces of Death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of all the movies on the list that we have to go through, this was the one I was dreading. I didn't want to do this episode. Just because I didn't want to get into the, oh my God, it's going to be dire, it's going to be this dark, depressing, terrible, terrible, grim-as-hell movie. But then, after I got done watching it, I hated the movie because it was so goddamn boring. But we'll get into we'll get into that in a second. So tell us a little bit about the movie, huh? So Faces of Death presents this doctor, uh, Doctor uh, B, Dr. B. Gross, what, well,
2: Francis B. Gross. Yeah, uh, he 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 works in the morgue, talking about the decades he spent traveling the globe, looking into various forms of death.
1: So suicides, murder, accidents. Um, yeah. uh, he he went to uh, a- autopsy rooms. He studied executions. executions. Uh, there was a cult uh, right. ritual, and yeah, they yeah. they lit him into a cult. <laughs> yeah. um, there are uh, ritual
2: killings by by uh, like native tribes people, mm-hmm. and then clubbing animals for for. Uh, Herd reduction, that sort right? Of thing. Animal
1: culling. Uh, they had dog fights. Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. So basically, the movie was a bunch of vignettes, about five minutes long at the most, where he, the doctor would narrate, you know, oh, here's this cow, and he's going into the slaughterhouse, and you would then get some stock footage of going into the slaughterhouse. Now, the way the movie was made was that some japanese investors saw Kane and said we want that and they went to this production company and said can you make us a movie they said sure we can do that went and got a whole bunch of footage from news uh, outlets and like so news uh, um, ambulance, uh chaser. ambulance chasers basically freelance people who would work on um capturing footage and trying to sell it to those tv stations they bought a whole bunch of this by the metric ton, edited it into a movie, said, here you go, Japanese dudes, here's your movie. They took a look at it and said, where's the gore? And this was like people being crushed by cars, train wrecks, all sorts of crazy shit. So what they did was then, they went and staged a whole bunch of stuff to fill it out and pad up the running time. So the monkey being uh, clubbed for brains, the, um, the dog fight, was all staged so that it could pad up the running time. They go to the Japanese prison and say, "Here's your movie," and they love the hell out of it.
2: Yeah, it's not—it's not a movie per se. As it's, a, it's the the first example of what's uh, what ended up being called autopsy films. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're already dead. You get to watch. There, there is
3: a consistency in that it starts with one aspect of the general subject of death right and works its way through a variety of others and finally ends up with some of the super, more supernatural stuff at the very end and you know the whole premise of life after death and all that uh, with ghost hunting and, and and it is presented in a kind of dry academic sort of style It's very straightforward yeah. it's, it's very it's very
2: clinical because they're showing things that are supposed to be entirely true this yeah. is the the cannibal Holocaust everything you see is true
3: trope there is a linear progression but I wouldn't go so far as to call it a plot
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I suppose there is a okay here are the animals here is the autopsy here is the accidents here is the mm-hmm. the afterlife yeah so. Mm-hmm. I suppose there is a narrative flow to the movie, even if there actually isn't a story.
2: Yeah, and they they actually start with corpses, and then they work their way to killings, maulings, and so on. And then the very last thing they show is a woman giving birth, although you never actually see the infant. You never see more than this. And then they go to a series of shots with two women with their infants. And so it's going from death to the reason for death to life.
1: I think the interesting thing about the movie is not so much the movie itself. It's all the research that I've been doing for, it, and all the reading that I've been doing on the Faces of Death. Afterwards, the stories behind it are way more fascinating than the actual movie. Stuff like the so you've got the monkey, this poor little monkey who wasn't hurt, was. You, so you take him and you put him into this table, and they put the little brackets behind him, so he's held in place. And then the eaters would say, "Oh, a
0: chilled a monkey brain
1: and they start whacking him with the uh, with these little mallets, these little dainty little mallets, tapping him on the head, cracking his skull, and then getting the, the monkey brains out. And then they eat the monkey brains. So the, the way they did the monkey brains is that it was cauliflower with like some sort of red sauce. And I don't know if it was actually fake blood and caro syrup and whatnot, but what happened was in the shooting of that scene, them the cauliflower had gone off. So here they are eating the monkey brain, monkey brains, and every bite they take is this sour, nasty, rancid cauliflower that they have to eat. And so the reactions they have when you watch this uh, section with that in mind is just this, this, uh, this one lady, she's spitting it out. They're just like, there's a, the, the one dude, the leader of the the group is, I mean, he's just like, nom, 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 Now that is a, an artist dedicated to his craft. That was some yeah. commitment
3: to Absolutely. It was actually rather entertaining to watch all the reactions. The, of the faces. I mean, they just saw it all right there. Especially when you knew it was rancid cauliflower. Mm-hmm. You know? okay. So the things we do for our art.
1: One of the other funny stories of the thing was the. Well, okay, not a funny story, but it was kind of an interesting story. Was the body that washed up on the beach was an actual real event that they they, sh- they managed to capture. They The film crew was on the beach, at the other end of the beach, and somebody came running up to them and said, hey, did you hear? There's a dead body on the beach. And so they grabbed their camera, ran down there, and started shooting the recovery operation of this poor guy who had washed up on the beach. Now, apparently, three or four days earlier, he had been drinking and decided to go for a swim and swam around the pier and got caught in a reptile and was sucked away. So... Dr. Gross telling the story, that was actual real event. If not, it wasn't staged, it was actually, you are there. I thought that was kind of interesting.
3: I, I agree. And also, as all of the other um, dead bodies that they showed, that one was one of the ones that was, A, more convincing, and B, at the same time, also one of the more unsettling ones, because... You know, you're looking at it, and, you, and the part of your mind that that is thinking, well, everything else that shows a human body is either, you know, a desiccated old, you know, autopsy one, or a mummy, or it's fake. And then there's this one on the beach, and you're like, wow, well, they did a really realistic job on that prop. And then the other part of your mind is like, that's not a prop.
1: <laughs> that's a real dude they found. <laughs> that's one thing we could probably point out, is that being a low budget movie being that they had no money and no time to do anything the effects look fake so you've got these real footage of of stock footage of animals being killed that looks real you have the special effects would look fake and then the end result is everything looking really fake
3: oh yeah the the whole thing
1: this was like
3: Slapped together and very shoddy, very not professional-looking at all. In spite of the fact that some of it was rather
1: obviously real footage. No, I'm gonna over. I'm gonna say you're wrong because the movie is actually pretty well put together for what it is. I think it's for what it is. Yes. So it's well shot. It's well constructed. Okay, there's no story to praise, but it's a reasonably well done movie. It's just portrayed by the fact that it doesn't have any money for effects and that it was probably done on a time crunch.
2: Although it does sort of get kind of morbid with the whole chicken beheading when they started playing Old MacDonald. <laughs> oh the very, my God. I the very believe morbid, that at stylized <laughs> version of Old MacDonald. How <laughs> this woman is carrying this chicken to his doom.
1: Or like they're brings the dude into the electric cha- uh, the electric chair chamber and they have this kind of weird jazz music going on uh, and this weird disconnect between here's this happy music and here's this incredibly morbid piece of footage.
2: <laughs> Although to be fair, that was the one of the more boring parts. I mean, until the very end, there was really nothing to watch except this guy salivating on himself. And he's yeah. yeah. You oh know. hey,
1: trickle, trick the uh, get the the, uh, the fake blood coming down from the helmet. Yeah, yeah, it, it.
3: yeah I didn't, I didn't like the execution sequence <laughs> at all because partly because of the fakeness of it, and but because, partly
1: because it was boring. And that's I think one of the big problems with the movie is that there are bits that are interesting, the autopsy bits where they were doing the forensic science. I thought was interesting. The mm-hmm. bit with the mummies at the beginning, I thought was interesting. But the premise of the movie is what? An hour 44. It is way too fucking long. It if, drags. It drags and drags and drags. If they had edited it down to a nice svelte, oh, call it 70 minutes, and gotten rid of half the movie, it would have been so much stronger and a lot more interesting because it cannot keep your focus, it cannot keep your attention, on the same thing over and over and over and over again.
2: And because it's been pointed <laughs> out uh, while we were watching that you can't actually record executions.
1: No, you can't. Yeah, that's no, against the law. <laughs> it's, it's illegal. So, but that gets back to the, if you don't know that this was staged, if you don't know that that was against the law, you're going to say, hey, they got somebody in there to record that. So mm-hmm. you can, if, it's kind of like professional wrestling where with enough body and in it's real
2: yeah yeah it's it's, it's reality by consensus yeah.
1: one of the interesting things i thought about the movie was how ahead of its time it is mm, so yes that's a good point go think about what we can see on youtube now you go and type in nutshot, oh, and thoughts. you'll find people jumping off things skateboarders trying to do rail slides and missing and taking it to the nads and you've got people on Facebook who post, hey, I just beat the Snossages out of this dog. I beat the crap out of this dog. Oh, P- wow. repulsive people like that posting stuff all over the internet. You have stuff like rotten.com, where Oh, where yeah. the whole point of the of Rotten is to give you all this salacious, nasty, violent stuff. You've got reality yeah. television, which isn't as salacious, but it's basically this movie sanitized so the faces death was well ahead of its game well it's entirely possible
3: that it might have led to certain trends within television Mm -hmm. the more more coming down to earth shall we say you know less um 50s-ish you know leave it to beaver style and more 90s gritty hardcore style.
1: Although it's interesting you bring up the 50s. Uh I was listening to some old time radio and Ray Bradbury was a writer for old time radio when he was not right. doing science fiction. That's right. And one of his, his scripts he did was for a mo- uh, for a show called Suspense, which was kind of your drama, you know, will they get out, will they won't get out. And the script he did was something called The Crowd, where Dana Andrews is chasing down this murderer. He's a cop chasing down this murderer who likes to watch his handiwork from the safety of the crowd together. So he would take somebody on a subway platform, push them in front of the train, everybody gathers around. And the crowd would be, you know, get out of the way, get out of the way. Is he dead? I want to see, I want to see. And they're all framing to get in and see the titillation of the violence. Now, being an old-time radio drama, the graphic violence obviously isn't there, but the sensationalism is. Bradbury was was, um, condemning exactly what the Faces of Death was trying to say. The end
2: of the movie, as I mentioned before, has two women in various uh, situations with their infants, and there's a song called Life, and it's basically uh, kind of uplifting. You know, I can't remember the lyrics, but it's not tawdry in any way. In fact, it's trying to close out the movie on a positive note. Right. Well, it's
1: going back to the imagery of giving birth and the nurturing mother, and life doesn't suck.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. These things happen, life goes on anyway.
1: Although, so you've got that sequence in the middle, which desperately needed a crying Indian, um, where it was, man is destroying the planet. And so you get close-ups of, you know, you get the garbage dump and, you know, the Trash trash everywhere, people just throwing litter out of cars, pollution,
3: steaming out of the smokestacks.
1: And the song there is, Jesus doesn't live here anymore, or something like that. So, it's interesting that they're trying to work with themes in the movie, even if the whole point of the movie is to be shocking and tawdry.
2: And I think they're doing that to not only to redeem themselves, but just to make people think about everything that's involved in how we live our lives,
3: and uh, And also and, how we manage you know. our deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you death know. management. How we treat our dead. Yeah, how we treat our dead, and also... Um...
1: <laughs> okay, treating our dead... <clears throat> So, the poor guy in the cryogenic tube. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we definitely should that. we got to bring about, his yeah. story up. So, there's this guy, the, the, you know, Dr. Gross is talking about cryogenics and living forever and living for the next hundred years. And they show footage of Samuel Berkowitz being lowered into a cryogenic tube they prepare his body they put him in a sleeping bag they stuff him into a ziploc bag and they stuff the whole thing into a big tube and then they fill it with cryogenic fluid and then they have this cue card of the you know berkowitz born 1900 died you know 1983 you know resurrected question mark now with 30 years of hindsight I went and checked what happened to poor old sam uh about five years after the movie his family said nah we, we don't want to pay for this anymore and so they pulled the plug on the cryogenic system the facility said hey you know we can cut off his head save his head and we'll do that for you and they're like nah just bury him and so poor sam died five years after the end of the movie <laughs>
2: So ironic. Mm. The only the only dead person that actually outlived the movie, but Death got him anyway.
1: <laughs> and it got him anyway. Death gets you all. Does the faces of Death belong in the video nasty
2: list? In my opinion, no. Uh, it, in, to me, it boils down to intent. I mean, they show things that are sickening and tawdry. They staged certain things but the the things they staged were done in such a way that there was never any
1: explicit, prolonged violence. And the movie does have a message of ecology, of the, hey, we're destroying the planet. A little weird and kind of bolted on, but it does have a message. Mm -hmm. So I'll give it that.
3: Also, although I dislike the movie in a general sense, I did notice that whenever they showed anything that was particularly gross or nasty or gratuitous, they didn't linger on it. They just showed it briefly, and then on to the next thing,
1: or like when they were doing the uh, the monkey getting bonked on the head for and slaughtering it, it was a lot like the psycho uh, shower scene where it you never actually saw the club strike the monkey, mostly because the monkey would in fact bite the club when it came down into mouth range, um, so it was all implied suggestion. It was all. You saw the monkey in the cage. You saw below. You saw the reactions of the people's faces. Mm-hmm. But you never actually saw them hitting the monkey. It was until the, the the reveal later on, when they replaced the monkey with a fake head, that... Also, the
3: another guard. thing is the, the living monkey didn't look like the dead monkey at all. Yeah. No. It, in fact, very easily could have been a different species. It was a typical sight of hand. Yeah.
1: So, does it belong on the nasty list? I would say...
3: No, but very close to the edge. There there are moments that are pretty gross. I definitely would call it disturbing. Yeah, animal slaughtering. Yeah, Cow animal right. slaughtering. Um, some of the autopsy stuff. Um, some of the morgue stuff. The accident stuff, that, that was something that I found particularly disturbing. And I love animals. I don't like seeing animals getting hurt. All right, so but... it's
1: disturbing. Why are you giving it a pass then? Because it
3: is something that I think could have been handled better. They could have done a more professional job of it. I didn't like it because it felt really slapped together. Now, admittedly, in some cases, the fakeness of it is a benefit because the audience goes, oh, that's fake. This is stage." I don't have to freak out about it. Oh my God, this was a real monkey being killed, or what have you. But on the other hand, there were actual legitimate killings of things, like the seals, the cattle, and the lambs, in the slaughterhouse, um, the shark. Um, Those were all real things. But on the other hand, there were so many other things that were not, and It just could have been done a little bit more tastefully, I think. I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to do something that was shocking, but it feels to me kind of cheap.
1: I'm going to go with absolutely belongs on the list, because I'm coming at it from the perspective of a... You know, think of yourself in the 80s when this movie is more, less a movie and more of a schoolyard dare, where you're passing around the third generation grotty, nasty uh, VHS and you're like, hey, take a look at this. And you go back and you have no information that this is fake. You have no idea that a lot of this is staged. You pop it in, it's all grainy, it looks like hell, and you're like, oh my god, they just killed that monkey. And... So, from that perspective, that's going to cause the blue hairs to freak the fuck out. So, that's why I would put it on the ban list.
3: I remember. I remember back in the 80s when when kids were talking about this. Oh,
1: yeah. And everybody wanted to see it. Oh, the movie, yeah. I mean, I remember renting it back in the 80s. That was the last time I saw it. But, yeah, you came over and I'm like, hey, you want to see some head body? And, yeah, no, it was, if not necessarily an important movie to see it was a something that you kind of needed to see
2: yeah it was one of those. it's a rite of passage for kids exactly like a rite rite of orange you know or alien or something like that those movies you heard all this stuff about where kids would describe something that was nowhere near as gross as what's you know actually in the movie because kids tend to over describe things so
1: yes so rite of passage that's brilliant Did you like The Faces
2: of Death? Um, not so much like as I did dislike it. In other words, I'm not actively against seeing it again if somebody ever wants to see it. I won't probably see it on my own, but it's something I could actually watch because it's actually
3: really educational in some ways. I did you like it? didn't like it in a general sense. There were bits of it I did like, but... It just seemed so slapdash so shoved together I mean it it just seemed
1: really raw to me I think it's important for everybody to see at least once I don't think it's necessarily a good movie I don't think I would have it on my shelf but You need to at least see it once just so you can have your right of passage. I certainly agree with that. Like, some movies are steak, and some movies
3: are chicken, and some movies are turkey, and some movies are mystery meat. This is mystery meat. You don't (laughs) know what the fuck is in it until you actually take a bite. All right. (laughs) And it's all dead meat. Yeah.
1: The UK version, uh, the one we saw was uncut. The UK version was edited down by 32 minutes-ish. I'm curious to see what they did. Did they just cut out the gore bits? Or did they just kind of lop entire sections of the movie out? Because if they just, did they remove sections of the movie and didn't didn't try and edit around the gore, I think that would have made it a much stronger flick. So the UK version, in this case, I'm going to support censorship. I think the UK version, under the right circumstances, would have been a stronger movie
3: not having known about this previous to this conversation, I generally would say no censorship. But in the case of editing the thing down to make it a better product, you're right. Right. So it could have just been tightened up. But they could have also done a sloppy job of it, too. This is true. We don't know.
1: know. (laughs) All right. I guess that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye
0: ask your cooperation in helping keep our theaters clean. Please deposit all containers and litter in trash receptacles located in the theater. Thank you.
1: And there we go. The Faces of Death. Let us never speak of this again. Please check back in here next week when we take a look at a much better movie. A movie that's kind of an odd duck on the video nasty list. We're going to watch Fight for Your Life, a.k.a. Staying Alive. In the meantime, if you'd like to drop us a note, please send us an email. The email address is the video nasty project at gmail.com. And be sure to check back in next week. I'll catch you then. Bye-bye.